Testing, testing, testing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Am I Missing? The podcast where I attempt to fill in the gaps of my knowledge through conversations with friends. I'm your host, Brett Walden, and today I'm talking to Samuel Hammersley about Nerdcore. Now, this one is a bit different because it's about a topic not a lot of people know exists, let alone about. Now, I definitely did not know what to expect in this conversation, but by the end of it, I was all about it. In fact, you might hear me give a little freestyle rap at the tail end of the show, or at least try to. It's not good. But Sam is one of the best, and he is on full display here. As always, please make sure you stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of episode four coming out next Monday. But enough preamble. Let's catch them all with Sam Hammersley. Take it away, Anthony. Excellent. Feels good, right? All right. Uh, well, let's get started then. Uh, so I'm sitting here in the uh, the studio, aka my office, uh, with Sam Hammersley, aka Shammers. Hello. Can I call you that? Yeah, you can call me that. Um, it's a beautiful day outside. Oh yes, it's been raining since uh, about midnight last night. Yeah. A, d- a deluge. And I think it's going to continue too. So uh, this is. I-, I love this weather personally. It puts me in the mood to just sit at home and just. Have conversations I mean, about things. As a performer, rain like this means that you get to just chill. Yeah, I mean, depending on the depending on the venue, depending on the gig. Right. If you're an outdoor performer, yeah, and, you know there are certain I think acting laws that keep us from having to perform too hard outside. Yeah, and I think the first I think the first day of rain is always sort of the the preferred like oh good I don't I don't have to do this I get some time off and then by the second or third day you're like all right. I'm done. Time yeah. to get back I'm on stage. <laughs> this is annoying. Um, so speaking of which, uh, I was actually at uh, work today as an actor. And normally, uh, the stage that I'm at, I have very few lines. I have 11 words written for me total. Um, and that's my full-time job. And so I generally don't speak a lot. Today, I was at another venue that required me to speak a lot. So um, if my voice sounds a little tired or raspy or whatever it is that's because i've been talking way more than usual um so i'm i'm over at universal you are you still at universal or um yeah i'm still at universal um and most of what i do at universal is is beatboxing vocal percussion as they call it oh okay in in the world of acapella okay so you still do that yeah oh excellent yeah do do vocal uh, acapella vocal percussion and then um, we both have altoids in our mouth yeah we do so they're just going to flop around (laughs) while we're talking i also know just to note the the bright red microphones have any of your guests talk about the how bright and red these microphone covers are no they look like clown noses i feel like i'm talking into a clown nose well, you know, a little bit of history of me. I'm from Nebraska, so everything that I buy has to be at least a shade of of red oh, if if I can if I can swing it. So it. these are my these are my go big red <laughs> these are, these are <laughs> giant mic covers. I love them. I love yeah. them. Yep, you're the first one to comment on it. So um, good. Now I'm self conscious. No, no, they're beautiful. Like they're beautiful, and I know exactly where the mic is at all times. That's good. Yeah, you can't. I'll, I'll turn the lights out, and you can't miss it. So I'm also at at uh, Disney Springs, and that's where we do uh, freestyle rap shows with. Uh, uh, free daps the right. uh, freestyle rap company here in Orlando. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, so that's uh that's kind of what I was getting to cuz I know you 
guys did something at Universal before, before it unceremoniously got kind of tossed out the window. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and it was a good year. It was just, just shy of a year. Um, and there are a lot of shows. It's just the nature of theme park work where, you know, in, you know, in the streetmosphere, we get a nice gig and you love it. And then it just kind of happens to not serve its function anymore. It doesn't have the utility or there's construction happening because they're building some big new ride. And then once that ride is up, they no longer need the distraction that you once were. <laughs> right, right. Even though even though the new ride is now up and it seems they need all the distraction that they can get. But we won't we won't go into that. Um, I also, like, I was having this discussion with the Freed Apps guys recently. Is like, we live in this bubble of people that mm-hmm. actually live in Orlando. And so we, how many people actually critique theme park rides the way that we do. Right. You know, that have annual passes to the parks. Yeah. They can say like, oh no, not another screen ride or not another 3D ride. Whereas like, if you're a family from Brazil and your kids are all putting on these 3D glasses and they're having the time of their lives yeah. with, with The Rock or with whomever. Like, yeah. They're like... <laughs> I, I mean, you know, again, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I think this one's a bit... I think people are getting that it's maybe not... <laughs> You know, it's not as advertised. Um, but and and you know, personally working in the venue that um, got replaced, and as I'm sure, and I mean, you guys were in that same area too. It's you know, it is kind of disheartening to see your job go, and uh, you know, and, and be replaced with something yeah, a little inferior. Yeah, that that people are generally kind of going like, huh? huh. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but but uh, obviously, so you continue to do it uh, at at Disney and other places. Um, so let's jump into it. So we're talking about Nerdcore today specifically. Yes. Right? So, uh, and the way that I usually do these shows is I like to open up by talking about what I personally know about the topic, um, and then you can fill in the rest. This is a bit of a unique departure from the other interviews that I've already done because I know nothing about it. And in fact, the only the only reason that I know about it at all is because of my friendship with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm very curious to hear uh, not only what what it is and what the history of it is, but but how you sort of stumbled upon it and and found yourself a part of it. So, you know, Sam, what am I missing? You are missing a subgenre of hip hop mm-hmm. that is, in my opinion, the most accessible and and entertaining depending on your tastes okay it can it can completely open your mind to hip-hop a lot of people and myself i'm firmly in this category used nerdcore hip-hop as the bridge to get into real hip-hop and <laughs> or like main, mainstream hip-hop? yeah mainstream hip-hop okay. or, or um and there are so many ways of like, there are so many people that can classify this in different ways and say like this, this is or isn't hip hop. And kind of the beauty of hip hop is that it's an expression of yourself and your lived experience. Right. And so, um, so nerdcore hip hop is a great way for nerds to get into hip hop. That's, that, that's <laughs> okay. the bottom line thing. It's just like, I, I would classify you as a nerd. I would classify myself as a nerd. Sure. And I certainly was in college when I, when I started doing this, I was marathoning uh, Star Trek all of the seasons and series of Star Trek. Right. Um, and I was doing land parties and I was playing Smash Brothers and I yep. was uh, just it, it, lots of video games, lots of fiction, popular sci-fi fiction. You're a nerd. We get it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so when you do those things and then you're also, you have that itch that's like, I am also a creative. 
Right, like right, 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 right. Part of me wants to create. And when you're playing video games, you can only be so creative. There are like map editors where you can create your own maps in StarCraft, or there are ways of modifying a multiplayer game. Let's say you're playing Halo or Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. You could make your own levels with certain buildings that are funny and entertaining, and then you you shoot your friends on those on those right. maps. Right. But like the ability to creatively extend yourself kind of is limited to what the game developers made. Right. And so as as a creative and as an improviser, I was like, I, I want to participate in hip hop. This is a place where I've, I love words. I love puns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to create something where I could like participate and have it be meaningful and also have a platform where it could be heard and judged. And I could get feedback and I could sure. get better at it. So was it something that kind of, uh, it, it was kind of two things that you love that kind of came together simultaneously that you sort of knew, did you know that nerdcore existed before you had sort of started engaging in it or had you like created something kind of independently of your knowledge and then found out like oh there's a larger community here i think my first foray into the whole thing was mc chris a lot of people that's their first guy mm-hmm. and if you haven't heard of mc chris um he had he, he i think he played like meatball on aqua Teen hunger force and so he had he's this really like like really really high I can't yeah. very <laughs> unique voice yes yeah, very unique voice um <laughs> And he was sort of, I think, in a lot of ways, the pioneer of like of what we consider now like nerdcore hip hop. Okay. And that is to say that he he had a song called "Fets Vet," where the chorus went, "My backpacks got jets. I'm Boba the Fet. I bounty hunt for Jabba Hut to finance my vet." Wiki wiki. Like it's a stu- <laughs> it's a silly stupid song. Yeah. But he 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 is a pioneer, and so a lot of people put him on like the Rushmore of what of what nerdcore then became because he was the first one to kind of get big doing this. Right, and so he would start playing uh, comic cons. Uh, around the country singing these songs you know whether they're about Star Wars or Star Trek or nerdy themes or about you know and a lot of it's really like kind of eye-rolly self-referential like oh I can't get girls or kind of it kind of gets into that territory of like I'm bad at dating oh interesting you know some of those like uh you know woe is me because I'm a nerd and society doesn't like me that paradigm has shifted massively in the last 10 or 15 years of course where Marvel is now making the biggest movies you know in the world right and Star Wars is now the biggest you know these are no longer niche things so that was going to be my next question then so the thing that makes nerdcore kind of nerdy is it's a it's a subject matter then you're you're singing about or you're rapping about things that are traditionally viewed as as nerdy as nerd as sort of nerd territory yes and and that becomes harder and harder to do as as popular culture right embraces as things become more mainstream and it's it's a weird like hipster chicken and egg situation that we're faced with right now and so much so that it's like a it's almost i wouldn't say that it's dying but it's shifting massively in what is considered uh nerdcore and what isn't because uh chance the rapper and 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 i mean just some of the biggest rappers in the game right now are rapping about comic books and superheroes right so what is nerdcore? Is that considered nerdcore? When I think of nerdcore, I think of low fidelity, like nerds with USB microphones, like and, and beats that they downloaded from YouTube, and they're and they're talking about their favorite anime, like or they're rapping usually poorly right. to their favorite their favorite <laughs> anime, and then like once you get really good at that and you start to take it seriously, and then you start to play live more often, and then you start to go into the studio, and then you you know you have professional production on your on your beats, and your vocals get a little bit better, and you get better at actually rapping Mm -hmm. and then you actually start touring and maybe making money on that sort of thing then you start to bridge that you're no longer like 
traditional nerdcore as we know it, which is just kind of can be kind of cringy or kind of amazing. Right. And then you're into like, I, I'm an artist. And now if I'm going to be nerdcore, then I really have to define myself as as that. So do you um, do you notice that as people make the transition over, do they generally stick to the topics that they kind of start with or do they try to do they kind of swing more mainstream to try to like nab a bigger audience? Yeah, if, if you don't take a big swing out, then then your audience is just going to be limited. Yeah, there there is a there is a ceiling to nerdcore, which is again part of what makes it such a special genre is that like it's it's not completely accessible. Right, and like that's kind of the point. Um, there there is a ceiling, and and that ceiling changes because making a song about Iron Man. 15 years ago, I would have think I would have thought it was nerdcore. I would have think no no one actually knows enough about Iron Man to actually really flesh right. out this song. Absolutely. And if you do, what audience are you going to send that to? You're going to send it to comic book forums and you're going to send it to, you know, fans of the Marvel universe yeah. be- before it existed in in film. Yeah. Um well, it would have had to have been. I mean, I just I think episode uh episode 2, uh, I talked to Bobby Johnson about exactly this thing where it was like when those movies started coming out, nobody knew who Iron Man was unless you were reading the comics religiously and sort of for some reason getting into like the adventures of, you know, uh, alcoholic (laughs) billionaire Tony Stark. So, so imagine then go back to that time and you hear a song that's specifically about Tony Stark. Right. And you're and and this person is referencing and hitting on and making rhymes with all of those things that only you really know. Right. Because at the time Iron Man wasn't that big of a deal. Right. So Oh, they know me. This guy knows me. Yeah. So if it hits that sweet spot, it's really sweet. You're it's, just going. This yeah. is this is for me. Yeah. So what was your what did what what was sort of your introduction or what did you hear first that just went like holy crap? This is. Um. So I. So first it was MC Chris, and then I heard a project by. Uh, um, it was YT Cracker, spelled with a Y and a, a capital Y, capital T, and then the word Cracker. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a it was a compilation album. It was him and uh, MC Lars. So the two of them got together and made this thing called the Digital Gangster LP. Okay. And there's a guy with a with a briefcase like standing on the front of it, just in like a in a tie. And on that album, they made songs about. Um, there's one called uh, uh, Guinevere, where they have a special guest, this this uh, MC named K-Flay, who's absolutely amazing and does like voice looping and, and can outrap in anybody that I know. Um, mm-hmm. It is just amazing. And she got on and was Guinevere, and they were the Knights of the Round Table, sort of like fighting over her love or whatever. Um, they have songs <laughs> about that is very nerdy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, and so I, I listened to this uh, LP uh, front to back mm-hmm. and was like, that was so cool. And it touched on so many different little nerd subgenres that I, I want to participate. Like, I feel like I have ideas and ways to contribute to this, like, ecosystem. Like, I want to participate. And it sounded good. Yeah. Like, a lot of nerdcore just sounds bad. I started, my very first submission was on a forum called Rhyme Torrents, which, you know, we torrent. Yeah. Uh, you know, BitTorrent. It's now, right there. It's yeah, right in the name. It's right in the name. You know, <laughs> we don't we don't BitTorrent anymore, but post-Napster and pre-just streaming services, we had BitTorrent. I mean, people do still BitTorrent. Yeah. Let's, let's be real. Yeah. I see you've, you're probably BitTorrenting on your laptop right now. Uh, we don't talk about that. Okay. It's mostly uh, HBO shows. <laughs> well, it's expensive. I get. Um, <laughs> I gotta catch up on Barry. What can I say? They had they had battles on Rhyme Torrents, and you could just you could submit your songs, and then you would battle somebody else. And so they would be like, "All right, this one's gonna be like Sonic versus Mario. Who wants to be who?" And so I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll be Sonic." And so I would I would write a diss track. Um, 
from the perspective of Sonic to Mario. Wow. And that as a writing prompt is super fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a super fun thing. So to when you in. would get the prompt, would they give you, how long would you have in order to like submit? Oh, like a week. Wow. Yeah. And then, so you throw up your MP3 and then it would be left to committee to vote and they would have like a sweet 16 bracket style thing. And then at the end, you know, whatever rapper successfully got to the end after all these writing prompts was that year's champion. And maybe that, uh, the prize could be that they got, um, you know, someone's mixing and mastering services or mm-hmm. It wasn't anything like, it was just internet glory. <laughs> right. Well, and that's everything at that time. It, it, isn't it? It's so funny because you're, um, one, of the, one of the themes that seem to be running through all of these shows is how, uh, how if my path sort of went in a different direction, how easily I could have engaged in, in things that, you know, other people are talking about. And for me and this, it's making me think of, uh, you know, because I got into anime in high school. Um, but for me, it was always about, um, like drawing and, and illustrating. And so I, uh, would learn, uh, like anime technique and like Japanese illustration and, and all of that. And so, um, I got really into that early in college. Um, and there was a website called sketch battle and it was very similar where you would have artists and you would get to know as much as you could about them. And then you would have battles via your, uh, like one panel drawing. And most of the time, uh, for me, at least it was always trying to diss the, the style or lack thereof of the artist you know, and so would you like emulate what yeah. what theirs yeah. looks like? So one of my one of my sort of you know uh, patting myself on the back here, but 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 one of my strengths is being able to sort of emulate different styles. You know, if you put something in front of me, I can I can create an original work that kind of generally follows in the same in the same style. And so what, yeah. So what I would do is I would go in their back catalog and I would find all of the little anatomical issues that they would come up with or their, you know, their little sort of like their, their weak spots, their weak you spots, were researching your yep. opponent, yep. You, the equivalent of this diss track that you were about to draw. Exactly. But it was just a visual diss track where you would just be like, yo, this guy draws faces too pointy. What's up with that? <laughs> you know? And then you would put it online and you'd have a few days, just like you said, and you know, and then everybody would vote on it and they'd be like, yeah, he does do pointy faces. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You know, God, I haven't thought about that in years, but I was, I was in it, man. Yeah. And and think about it. Had you, I mean, you, you've continued to draw and be an artist, but yep. imagine if you, um, you know, continued to, to draw diss tracks. Yeah. You <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Like there's an audience for that. Absolutely. There's an audience because you are, you're critiquing art. Yeah. You're doing it in the best way you know how with your pen. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's engaging. And like you said, the only prize was just that internet glory, but it was, oh, yeah. man, it was you get everything. Those, you get those likes or whatever on, on that forum of choice, or you get a little gold star by your name, or just, you know, people know your username. Yeah. Or, or Lord forbid that someone in, like knows you in real life. Like, right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. Let's say you, you have a, have a booth somewhere and like somebody that you dissed on the internet that lives in Montana stops by Orlando and they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. I know this. <laughs> I know this work. <laughs> yeah. You said I drew droopy eyes one time. <laughs> Gloves off. But uh, yeah. So, so you would, so you started, you started kind of doing it that way then. Yeah. Just submitting to this uh, forum. And that, and that was, then it, the, the, the avalanche had begun. The snowball was rolling down the hill and I couldn't stop mm-hmm. making music and collaborating with people and meeting people from all over the country. So the next thing that happened was every year here in Orlando, Florida, and the reason that I live here, uh, there used to be a concert series called Nerdapalooza where all of the nerdcore artists from all across the country oh, wow. would come down here to Orlando 
and perform. And it was, you know, started as a one day thing, then it became a three day thing. And then it became a four or five day thing. Like this festival just kept expanding and growing. The number of acts kept growing. The production value kept growing. It started, um, Actually, I don't think it started in Orlando. It started in like Gainesville at a bar. And then it moved down here to the Geek Easy, which is still right there in Winter Park, which mm-hmm. was a smaller venue than it is now. Shout out to Geek Easy. Yeah. And then and then it grew, uh, you know, we moved it to hotels. Um, there was the Marriott next to the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, had it in, I think, 20, 2010, 2009, 2010. Kept growing and growing. And that became this annual event that I super was was super excited about. And I wanted to make music so that I could go and perform at Nerdapalooza for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people right. that would completely align their interests with what I was doing. And people that would talk to me at my like merch booth after the show and we could just bond immediately. There wasn't that awkward like, you know, sell your merch and then it's a handshake and goodbye. It was like, no, hey, you made this song yeah. about... Uh, 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 Starcraft or about Pokemon or whatever like let's talk about it yeah Yeah, man and then after we talk about it let's go back to the hotel room and have a LAN party you know (laughs) (laughs) like like it was it was nerd heaven sure and I'm sure it felt like just a very safe space too nerds know how to party yeah they really really know how to party yeah yeah Carrying around those uh, hard drives. And... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> lots of weird stuff happens at Nerdapalooza. Oh, of course. Or happened. And, and, and Nerdapalooza was alive and well for, I think, seven years. And then I think it was 2013. I was actually on the on, on the board that was like some of the logistics behind the event. Because it was so big. We were at the convention center that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just, they, they swung a little too uh, high out of their league and then kind of went under financially. And oh, so, really? Yeah. So it still lives on spiritually in different events around Orlando. There's one called Ongaku Overdrive, which, frankly, I don't know what the word Ongaku is. You may know better than no. I do. So, <laughs> no. Hopefully, you're not saying something like horribly offensive. I to hope somebody. not. You know. <laughs> but Ongaku Overdrive uh, is an annual event here that um, has many of the same touring artists that would come through from Nerdapalooza. They, okay. they come into town for that. So that's still going on. That's still going on, and and it's a beautiful thing. It's not quite as big. Its heyday isn't quite where it once was. Um, but there are massive amounts of nerds from all across the country that come and in, in, in this shared love for nerdcore and come in and play. So it's still, I mean, even though things are becoming a little more uh, mainstream in terms of like, especially comic book movies and, and a lot of things that, like we said, even 10 or 15 years ago were traditionally considered very nerdy, mm. there's still there's still things out there that's that you can pick up on and kind of yeah. rap about and, and you one, know. one thing I think it's happening is like it's almost like they're weeding out who who's left like after after Iron Man and the Avengers are on the silver screen who's left that is still a comic book fan that knows these other characters that haven't made right. it to the screen right you know what I mean or who in the world of like so there are a lot. Another popular theme in nerdcore is just computers and IT and, mm. and tech related things. And so there, <laughs> I keep laughing, but it's just because I love it so much. Like it's just <laughs> so there's there, that's another popular theme. You can assume that everything that you say, I just want to respond with like, God damn it, that's nerdy. Yeah, really. really. Well, but that's the point. And there are tracks that, that we could play that I could show you to sort of back this up. But but what has happened now? It's no longer about just like you know being you know, having the biggest hard drive or the fastest RAM or whatever it was sort of surfacing. Now it's like, no, the best rappers that I know now, the best nerdcore guys are working in the industry as like cybersecurity experts. And so they're moonlighting as, as rappers. Wow. Uh, Or they're moonlighting as cybersecurity experts. So they're living the life. They're living it. They're not, they're not just rapping about driving through Compton with the windows down. They're living it. They're living it. Okay. With, With, 
with a, uh, a TI. And by that, I mean a Texas Instruments calculator. I was going to say, <laughs> it's not a TI, it's IT. <laughs> All right. Um, so YT Cracker, that guy, you know, mm-hmm. he, he hacked NASA and became famous when he was like 18. He was on CNN. He was on lots of uh, news stations because he was a, a teen punk that had hacked NASA. And right. went, went, I, I don't know what system he had gotten into, what database he had gotten into, but but he, he had penetrated their systems and, and made headlines for it. Um, he's still... He's probably my favorite uh, nerdcore artist. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there's another guy. Um, uh, it's a duo called Dualcore. One of them lives in the UK, and the other guy, David, lives in, in Austin. Uh, he works as a cybersecurity expert um, and makes some of the coolest, dopest uh, nerdcore hip-hop you've ever heard. And it's just so laden with industry speak mm-hmm. that it almost is like it's it's alienating if you don't have at least a foot in the door, basic understanding about Linux. <laughs> right. Okay. You know? So, so, um, so do you, so we, we discussed that it's about the subject matter. Is it a case though, where it's like your average person or, or even hip hop fan, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not enough to just like listen to the beats or kind of listen to the. I, I think it'll toe that line because because yeah. some of these Whitey Cracker songs, I he loses me, he loses me, but he he's so good at making words rhyme that that part of my brain kicks in and right. appreciates you just appreciate it. it. Yeah. That, way. that <laughs> makes that. sense. That makes like, sense. And so, uh, just if I had to like plug a project, um, it would be Whitey crackers, uh, album. He came out with three years ago called introducing Niels in E A L S. Um, which I think was a play on kneels, like take a kneel, like when you, you know, kneel on your knee or whatever, you know, bow before greatness sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just been like a meme that he uses, you know, in, in all of his uh, albums. But he, he came out with this album called Introducing Kneels. Have you ever heard of Synthwave or like eight, like that, like 80s, um, just 80s sound? Yeah. Th- you know, think like, um, doom, 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 like those sure. sorts of, those sorts of electronic drums. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Tron, you know, like think of the Tron soundtrack with like 80s aesthetic. Right. So I've been really into that lately and about three years ago he made this album introducing neils and it has that 80s aesthetic to it and what it was was a um now it has an 80s sound to it but it takes place in the future it's like it's like in the 2020s or 2030s or something Mm -hmm. in uh a fictional city called san sequestro about this person named neil who works uh he's a he's a he's like a gray hat hacker so white hat is good black hat is nefarious and gray hat is someone that will do good or do bad or is kind of in the middle or doesn't really want to work for the government but doesn't want to you know right it's somewhere in the middle so this gray hat hacker named neils who um is there are helicopters flying outside of his house because his girlfriend downloaded a uh a, a, you know um uh reality TV show, whatever she was watching at the time, she downloaded it. He was trying his best to live above the board and then helicopters were swirling overhead and they kick down his door and they take all of his stuff and they take all of his USB drives. It's all encrypted. It gets very, very tech heavy really quickly. Yeah. Um, But it's this amazing project if not musically, but also because of how successfully he predicted a lot of what's happening currently with our administration, like right now. Oh, wow. Like they're coming after encryption big time uh, Mm -hmm. in, in government right now. So, uh, you know, with every terrorist attack, there's an iPhone that's left behind and they want to get into that iPhone. And, uh, you know, 
there have been not to get grim, but there have been cops that have put like the corpse's finger on the phone. To oh, try yeah, I've to, heard about yeah, that. Yeah, to unlock it. Yeah, or they'll they'll take the phone and they'll sue Apple to give them access. Right. Well, Apple has a promise to their users that you have encrypted data, and encryption means that no one else can do it except for you or the people that you designate should be able to see it. Right. So the government is creating uh, workarounds to try to. Um, get past encryption because they want to catch the bad guys. Yeah. And it's such a catch-22 thing. Like, obviously, there's a good Samaritan reason for doing that, but there's also a, a vested interest in companies or individuals in privacy. Right. You know, in the same way that we don't give the, the government keys to our, our yeah. front door. It's a very gray hat problem. It is. It's the grayest <laughs> of hattest problems. And so he makes this album that tackles these issues and... and not only just tackle them and bring them up, but he successfully predicts the steps that the government is going to take in order to to make these things happen. In other words, the merger. Uh, so let's start with uh, last year when they had net neutrality mm-hmm. uh, uh, being um, repealed. Yeah. So that was that, that was in his album in before there. that happened. Like he he called it. Um, these laws against uh, encryption on phones and in uh, hard drives and computers, um, that was happening in um, uh, in introducing Niels, and now it's happening in our government. Wow. Um, the, I'm sorry, how long ago did he make this This album? was, uh, let's see, so I was living in Spain in 20. It was 2013 or 2014. Okay. So he was a good three or four years ahead of the curve. Yeah. Four or five. And and then uh, the the fictional telecom companies inside this realm merge together. And they're helmed by like nice Gaiman who promises to do only the best. You know. And now that we're all merged, yeah. um, we'll be able to deliver you the best content. You know. And it'll all work great. Yeah. Thereby destroying competition and creating what are going to be internet fast lanes. Yeah. And, and trust us, everything's going to be fine. But Exactly. So. <laughs> Uh, I think we're only a few weeks away now from the net neutrality laws uh, in the real world um, being uh, scrapped, and now yep. you know it's uh, it's up to um, you know Verizon and AT and T for how quickly we get to access our favorite websites. Right. <laughs> wow. So he was uh, he, ahead of the curve from the future. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, not to go on too much of a tangent, the music is fantastic, especially if you like that like 80s Tron, Daft Punk sort of sounds. Mm-hmm. But if you would like really good sci-fi, dystopian, but oh my gosh, it's not quite, you know, dystopian, like unreal. Now it's getting real. It's well, like yeah. Step by step, we're kind of, I mean, yeah. You like know? you said, especially if you're listening to it now and you realize like, oh shit, we're living this yeah. right now. Yeah. 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 It's a little different than like. Kilroy was here with by sticks where you're just like, ah, this isn't, this isn't a future I recognize, but this is like, this is no longer the future. This is real. This, this is, is exactly right. And you could be arrested. You know, there were those Napster cases about grandmas downloading, you know, uh, Britney Spears songs and yeah. getting arrested or oh, yeah. fined like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yep. Uh, just, just, just nuts. It's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, so you, uh, so you start doing these battles, um, you're, you're, you're successful at them, I assume, or you're, you're starting to find success online. So at what point do you say, I'm going to, I'm going to do it unprompted or, or did it start with a prompt online and you just kind of went like, oh, I think this is my thing or, um, I think I submitted one track called Starcraft is racist mm-hmm. because it, you know, it is. There's the, yeah, the exactly. There's the Terran, <laughs> the Zerg and the Protoss, the three roses, the races of Star Trek. And it, you know, whatever I thought it was edgy at the time. Like, this game is racist. Cause you have to pick a race and then battle the other races or whatever. Right. Um, but I had so much fun making that. I was like, I want to make a, an entire album or at least like an EP, like a five, you know, five track, uh, project. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine had just gotten back from Arizona. He went to the, it's called like the sound conservatory of 
Tucson or something. I don't know exactly where he like, I don't know what college he went to, but he came yeah. back and he was a master like producer. Oh, okay. He was really good at making beats and he loved nerdcore as well. And so I was going to Indiana University at the time. He would come over every like weekend. We would just spend like two or three days straight just in the studio recording mm-hmm. and mixing and making beats and writing lyrics and making this thing. So I came out with this the Schmix tape. In 2009. Excellent. You know, Shammers was the the, the name. Yeah. Just because I'm Sam Hammersley, and in middle school, they said, you're S. Hammersley. Oh, Hammersley doesn't fit in our little, like, username box, so you're just Shammers. Oh, is that where it came from? That's where it came from. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I can thank my fifth grade IT department for my uh, name. Because there wasn't enough room for a period. That's right. Interesting. Yeah. So so Shammers, and he's like, well, just call it, it's your mixtape. Shammers mixtape. Schmixtape. Schmix. Yeah. So we came up with a mixtape. Um, it's five songs. The first song is about Keyboard Cat. If that doesn't date it, I don't know what doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Who just died recently, right? Oh, don't break, don't break my heart like Rest that. Rest in peace. Oh. Yeah, Keyboard Cat just died a few weeks ago, I think. Wow. I'm surprised he was still alive, honestly. I know. He was a big... Was I'm a... surprised you didn't know that. I'm sorry that I had to break the news to you in front of <laughs> in front of all five listeners, but... Um, oh. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, you well, know, Keyboard poor, Cat poor is Poor went no out more. for Keyboard Cat. <laughs> yeah. My little... Orange, blue-shirted friend yeah. whose, whose owner picked up his paws and put him against the keys. But and he, they, he kicked off your career. He really did. <laughs> like, that was our hit song, dude. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Like, Did when, you use a sample of the... Yeah, bam, we did. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah. Of course you uh, did. This is the part where we should play Keyboard Cat in, in your in your uh, podcast. I, I think. I think we should play Keyboard Cat. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so we can say, uh, all right, now we're going to hear Keyboard Cat. <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you how to do your podcast, Brett. Adam Schaff already tried to tell me how to do it. All right. <laughs> okay, that was Keyboard Cat. What would yeah. you think? I mean, it uh, it definitely needed a remix. It was a little... You know, I think it has been remixed. I think has it really? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's on YouTube with remixes. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little bland. Um, I can see why it was popular at the time, but uh, yeah. I can see, um, it, it, it's I can definitely see dated. somebody taking it and doing, doing something with it. Yeah. So that album, the Schmix tape, got me on a, on a record label called Scrub Club Records. Wow. Which at the time was trying to find all of the best nerdcore artists from around the country and get them on an album or on a, on a, on a uh, label and, and tour the country. Mm-hmm. So we would go on tour. And I got to see a lot of the country. Just Sam, I'm learning so much about you right now. Yeah, just scraping by. I love this. I, I had some of the best years of my life while touring with my friends. So who uh, who else was on the tour? Who else was on the tour? Name um, them off. Dr. Awkward. Okay. Love it. Doc Ock. That's a palindrome, by the way, Dr. Awkward. Is it really? Yeah, spelled the same forward as backwards. It's a beautiful palindrome, and he's a beautiful person. He actually works for... Uh, <laughs> is he thinking about it, like, <laughs> trying to imagine the word? I guess if you get rid of the period, it's it's then DR. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Dr. Ock. Yeah, oh, with the, the DR. D- yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, got it. D- got yeah, it. Got it. You're right. I was like, D-O-C-T. That's fair. No, I'm like, you had to spell awkward real weird. <laughs> but yes, I guess that's a palindrome. Okay, so got it. Another, Dr. Awkward. Yes, another OG guy uh, from uh, uh, old school nerdcore, but way more hip hop than any of us was uh, Zealous One. And that's one like the number one Zealous One mm-hmm. um, was on it. Um, it was, uh, there was a group out of Kansas called, uh, out of Kansas City called Powerlifter, 
which sounds like a bunch of, you know, buff shirtless dudes. Yeah. But what they did was they took Game Boys, modified the cartridges and in the, in the innards of the Game Boy so that they could control the sounds. So if a Game Boy was capable, that little 8-bit machine was capable of creating a, a, like a synthesized sound, they mm-hmm. would find it and they would find a way to manipulate the, the sound bank of the, of the Game Boy. Oh, wow. So he showed me, I, I will never forget the day that I went into this guy's basement of Powerlifter He's like, hey, man, you want to see how I make my music? <laughs> like, yeah, I do. I do want to see how you make your music because it's amazing. And their live shows are off the chain. Like, they're, they're spraying beer on people. Like, their music video is insane. Yeah. Look up uh, Powerlifter's song called Buffalo on YouTube, and it'll blow your mind at just how hard these nerds are partying. Somebody said it looked like a hipster bomb went off because there's so much PBR just being sprayed everywhere. That's great. But all of the songs or the sounds that you're hearing are being made with, a, with an 8-bit Game Boy that's been modified so they can, like, play with the different sounds. Wow. All right, let's pause. Pause for a second while you go and check out that video. And we're back. All right. So how was it? Oh, man, that was such a cool video. Wow. (laughs) I'm not editing a video in here. No, no, don't. That's cool. So is it one one Game Boy, though? I, I sort of imagine a wall of Game Boys that play different different you know noises. i think it was one game boy yeah i think they, they rolled it all off one game boy and the other guy would sing and that was it that's great and that's an incredible show to be able to like they were our closer like they were they were a party band sure just by exploiting this game boy that's uh, cool so incredible power lifter power lifter. uh yeah so the guy and the whole reason i'm in orlando was another guy named uh shinobi mm-hmm. or the shinobi mc uh, he lived here in Orlando, uh, was one of my best friends, was the guy that really got me into freestyling, uh, taught me how to make words rhyme on the, on the, off the cuff, you know, just, just, it was one of the best at it and everybody respected him and his music was about, um, like ninjutsu, you know, just, mm-hmm. just ninjutsu badassery sure. and, and again, super hype, like amazing, like we would go to these bars and I, I'm full of stories from the tour, but one of my favorites is that we, he and I would freestyle the menu of whatever bar we were at. So mm-hmm. we would pick it up and be like, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, I'm up on the stage with these perverts. Make sure you try out cheeseburgers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are, these are dumb and kind of fine. Hey, get the wings are only one ninety nine. you know, tip your yeah. bartenders. <laughs> like we would just wrap the menu, which would yeah. endear us to the bartenders. Sure. But none of the bartenders gave Shinobi bad service. So if he went in there and he ordered a beer and they were kind of mean to him, half of his set would be like, <laughs> be like hey, don't tip your bartender. He's an asshole. Like, <laughs> like, and like point to them over there. And he's like, you're going to get us kicked out. Not right. only going to get us kicked out, but we're not going to get paid because you're like doing this. Right. But his ego was like, he, he couldn't. He couldn't take bad service. Right. He couldn't help it. <laughs> Got to respect that. Yeah. That's great. Um, so you, uh, you would, you traveled all over the country with this then? Yeah. Yeah. Traveled all over the country and, uh, met lots and lots of interesting people and, and cons are where it's at. Like comic cons are where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, com- it's not just, they don't have to be called comic con. They take on lots of different names. There's, for instance, in Orlando, we have Megacon mm-hmm. and we have other cons <laughs> that are called Mega. Others. Yeah, so Mega and Mega. Comic. And, you know, there's all, it's like Dragon. Yes, that's yeah. in Atlanta. Dragon Con is a huge one. Hey. Uh, there's one called ASEN in Chicago, Anime Central, okay. which is a massive anime convention that always has, you know, Nerdcore. It has, yeah. it has DJs and, and um, people that mix video game samples and that sort of thing. Yeah. So the con circuit is where it's at in this, like, in this game of Nerdcore. I mean, good for you, just to deviate a little bit, good for you for continuing on. I, um, like I said, I got into anime in high school and then I got to college and uh university of nebraska like mentioned before mm-hmm. and 
very quickly found like an anime club and was like, "Ooh, I'm going to go to this and I'm going to I'm going to engage with other people who enjoy the same things that I do." And um without without passing too much judgment, I was 18 at the time. This was a while ago. Um but um but I went to the first meeting and I looked around at the other people who were in said meeting uh-huh. and I never went back. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's a barrier to entry with those sort of things. Yeah, it was just they were they were they were a little too hardcore for me and yeah. they were just a little you know, it was just one of those things where I was just like, Oh, I don't think I can associate with this group of people. I just you know That's... I don't think I had anything in common and also it was just like it was it was a bit much. So I was like, I'll I'll keep this a secret. Yeah. You know, so good for you for just <laughs> at the very least getting in, getting in front of the group. If if you're not amongst them, at least you can like perform in front of them. And then yeah, it, it is funny it's, with things like anime clubs or with nerdcore. To be cool means something very nebulous, yeah. right? Like to be, <laughs> right? Because to be cool, you not only need to like really know your stuff so that you can can socialize with people of all walks of life. Yeah. And I'm sort of delicately saying that, and, and I mean that without any judgment, but like yeah. through the years I have met some very strange people. Sure. And a lot of times it manifests itself in the way that they communicate. And sometimes people, you know, they're just people that are on the spectrum, different spectrums yeah. will come up to you and maybe violate your personal space like real quick or just, just have real trouble communicating with you. But at the core of it all, you can tell that they love this thing. Of course. They, they love yeah. this subject matter. Yeah. And so you develop these skills of like just getting along with everybody. And then there are people like Whitey Cracker who are just swagged out. Like this dude is now a Bitcoin millionaire. Also, he called Bitcoin. Like he called, he made a song called Bitcoin Barons in 2016. He was mining Bitcoin back in like 2013 or whenever, whenever it came out. Was it 2010 or 11? Right. Dude's loaded now and he's still rapping. He's the most swagged out, swagalicious dude. Good for I, him. I, I want to be him. Has he um has he sort of been embraced by the greater hip hop community or is he still kind of too underground for that? I don't think that? he's ever made the the attempt. I, I think that he does hang out with a few rappers or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't think he, with musically anyway that he's made the attempt to like become more than that. I right. think he has made a conscious effort to keep rep and nerdcore for all this time. Good for Money him. is no longer a thing for him. Right. So he can just do <laughs> Yeah. I mean and that's kind of what I'm getting from you. That's kind of the spirit of the origins of nerdcore anywhere where it's just like I'm gonna do what I want to do and celebrate what I love Precisely. and yeah. if I can be successful at it great but if not like at least I'm still engaging in these things and yeah, yeah. That, man that's it that's it in a nutshell that's, that's awesome that's the spirit of it that's great. and one more album that I would throw someone at yep uh, there's an artist called um, Mega Ran aka uh, Random Random aka Mega Ran one way or the other people mm-hmm. call him Mega Ran in, in nerdcore circles because his uh, first few albums were about Mega Man Mm-hmm. and he was sponsored by Capcom. Like, they, he was on their radar, and they sponsored him. Wow. And so he got their blessing to use their samples and make music. Of, like, I think it actually started with a cease and desist letter. Like, hey, you're using our sound effects and our, our soundtrack. Like, I don't know if you've ever played Mega Man, but the soundtrack yeah. to the original NES Mega Man games, like 1, 2, 3, 4, like, are amazing. Oh, yeah. Really good chip tunes. Yeah. So he took them, he remixed them, he had producers add some real thumping beats to it, and then he wrote, and he's an outstanding rapper, and he wrote... Um, some Mega Man themed albums and they're fantastic. And so he got a name for himself in that way. And then uh, again, that, that I think the year before introducing Niels came out, he came out with um, 
uh, it was called Black Materia, and it was an album about Final Fantasy VII. Mm. And it's like 15 tracks, each sampling Final Fantasy VII, um, and kind of telling the story from top to bottom of all the different characters and how they, you know, grow over time, and, and basically telling the narrative of the story through rhyme. Yeah. And it's so good. Seven is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Seven's kind of regarded as one of the best, yes. right? Yeah. 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 Seven is the one that put them on the map. It was the first one for the PlayStation. So it was the first one that was in like 3D and and it's timeless. Yeah. And Seven is the one that fans for years now have been clamoring to get back on the PlayStation. Like the mm. PS4, like uh, Sony and Squaresoft have been teasing for years that they were going to remake it. And then finally, two years ago, they said, they announced at E3 uh, that they were going to remake Final Fantasy VII. Oh, cool. And there are these re- reaction videos of just nerds watching the, the, the announcement trailer for the remake that they're about to make and yeah. they're just going ballistic because it stands as one of the most beloved moments of gaming history is Final Fantasy 7 so amazing. he created this love letter of an album of a hip hop album to it and it's so good and yeah. it's such a good demonstration of something that he loved but he was also really good at this art and he merged those two things and it's take it or leave it if you love Final Fantasy 7 it's great if you love hip hop it's great and if you don't care for either one you're not gonna you're not gonna care for this but if you fit that niche that likes both of those things then it's orgasmically good <laughs> <laughs> i can tell yeah. that's great um so speaking of albums are you now you you've done a few right yes. since the ep yeah well i, I or, so the i did one full length one i actually looked at introducing neils i looked at the pokemon or at the uh, final fantasy album and i was like there is a formula here yeah that if you can take one ip and really flesh it out and tell a story that that's the most um that's the most artistic way to engage someone and keep their attention. Instead of having a one-off hit, here's a song about Keyboard Cat, here's a song about StarCraft. I have another song called Man Meat, which is about cooking <laughs> at a barbecue. It's not really nerdcore, it's more of a comedy track, but right. it's like, uh, you know, like, hey, we're just cooking up man meat. You know, there's no girls allowed. Like, ooh, that's a, that's a big, <laughs> thick, juicy one. It's the gayest track I've ever made, but we don't call it that. You know? Right. Um, so I was like, these are, these are fun track one-off things to make, but I really want to buckle down and focus on one topic and then right. see if I can get fans, fellow fans to mm-hmm. really lean into it. So I came out with, uh, uh, palette to plateau, a Pokemon hip hop album. Wow. So the name palette to plateau, it starts in palette town. Pallet town. It ends in the Indigo plateau where you fight the elite four with your Pokemon team. Oh, so it takes you on a journey. It takes you on the journey. Okay. So first <laughs> question, where is it on like Spotify or anything? It's on like everything. That? Yeah. It is on. Okay, good. Cause uh, I'm going to, I'm going to play, I'm going to play some of it, Great. but I wanted to make sure uh, while I'm getting that queued up and all set up, uh, this is something that I can talk about um, only briefly, but uh because I worked at Walmart while I was um, going through high school and at about the Wait, eight- your, your name is Walden and you worked at Walmart? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did that ever get brought up at work? No. No, but we, we had a Walden Books. I don't know if they had Walden Books where you oh, were from, but we had yeah. one of those as well. So that always came up. Although, I imagine that plagued you in middle school. My name, well, my name is spelled differently. It's not E-N, it's O-N. Does that um, matter to a teasing? <laughs> no, but what it meant was that, and because I look the way that I do, speaking of nerds, um, my name, my last name is close enough to Waldo, um, and I look close enough to Waldo that I would, that's just what I would be called. Waldo. Like, where's Waldo? Gotcha. Um, and so that, so like Walden books never got thrown out there because it was just like, oh, it's Waldo. And yeah. I was like, all right, you know, my dad got called Waldo. And yeah. so it was, I, I took it as kind of a badge of honor. But um, but in, so at Walmart at the age of like 16, I remember I was working in the electronics department um, and the food department. And, uh, and then all of a sudden we started getting these um, like 
the the stands or the flyers for this new game coming out of Japan, which was Pokemon. Mm. And so it was like I kind of felt like I knew about it before a lot of people did. I would kill just to get one of those stands that you were talking about. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And but at, and at the time, it was just kind of like, oh, this seems interesting. You know, I mean, yeah. had I had any sort of like uh, foresight as to what was going to happen with it, yeah, I, I would have like pocketed a bunch of them. But I was just at the point I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll get it on the, on, the, on the day that it gets released, you know. Yeah. And so I bought, I think, Red. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, you always remember your first. You got to, yeah. Um, and uh, so, and so, I got into like I got into the original 150, uh, played the games, you know, and and I would find friends with blue, and I would we would connect trade. our Game Boys, and we would trade back and forth and stuff. And then literally, they came out with like the next uh, iteration of it, yeah. where they're like, "We're adding a hundred more or right, whatever," and I was right. like, eh, "I'm out," yeah. you know. And so I kind of just dropped off. But well, uh, I think so. We're not too far apart in age I, I think there was also like an aging out not, not, not entirely because I know plenty of adults that still play but I remember for me there was a drop off with how many of our peers were still playing it mm-hmm. so for me red and blue had come out and I think I was in middle school and by the time gold and silver come out I was in high school which presents a whole new challenge as far as how much free time you have right and I, I'm the same way like I basically dropped off I kept playing but much, much less than I did with the original Red and Blue. Right. Yeah. So did you come into um, to uh, Palette to Plateau then sort of as a uh, like a reborn fan who, who was coming into it with all this knowledge? Or you just sort of decided on Pokemon and then you were like, oh, I got to do some research for this. Uh, I didn't have to do much research because <laughs> okay. the, the love never died. Right. <laughs> so one of the songs on the Schmix tape is about um, Pokemon and uh that was me plugging in the music by yeah, the way yeah yeah and um man i just love i just love the original red and blue and more important i love the nostalgia that it gives me i love like the memories associated with playing red and blue and trading with friends and that whole like chapter of my life and the game was so groundbreaking and so fun and so social and it just hit all the right parts. And I was oh, like, great. I, I could absolutely write 10 or 20 or 50 tracks about this. Yeah. I kind of get more creative the further down the line we get. Like, I had friends ask me, are you going to make one song per Pokemon? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah. how different is a Squirtle than a Wartortle than a Blastoise? I mean, you know, giving each, <laughs> yeah. maybe giving each one like a 30 second bit would be yeah, an interesting shout outs. project one yeah. day. I'm giving myself ideas yeah. now. Well, see, and it's funny because where you went and made songs about them, like I said, I drew my own versions of Pokemon for my friends. And That's... so, and then I would like name them after, you know, them, oh, wait, you know, did you, were you drawing original Pokemon? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Can you tell me about any of them? Uh, gosh. Um, I had, I had one, the one for myself, I, I could probably still draw right now. Um, he had a, he was like sort of a lizard looking creature with no nose and a big toothy smile um, his body was about half the size of his head and he had two stubby little legs that he would run or run around on. Um, kind of, if you can imagine, um, uh, Bowser from the Mario brothers movie or, or, or like a coup, no, a Koopa with like the tiny little heads. Oh yeah. Um, he kind of had that look. Okay. Uh, but God, I love that thing. I used to draw him on everything. <laughs> and he was your Pokemon. He was my Pokemon. Um, and then, yeah, and then more and more I would have friends or acquaintances who would come up and be, who would see other people with them, because I used to draw them on, like, note cards, and then they'd be like, can you draw me a Pokemon? And then by the oh. end of the day, and I never charged for them or anything, yeah. you know, in retrospect, I probably should have. But That's um, an amazing, th- 
So I don't know if anybody out there still has them. You know, please post them, take a picture of it, whatever. I'd love to see some of the stuff that I came up with. But um, I, I want you to consider the thought of coming to uh, one of these concerts, one of these nerdcore uh, outfits, and sitting at a merch table and saying, "I'll I'll draw your Pokemon." Just drawing people's Pokemon, just like your them. original Pokemon. Like, yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you what I'm like based. You know, looking at you or getting to talk to you. What inspires me about you? Yeah, I'll make your Pokemon. The thing I here's the thing I would I, f- I would throw twenty bucks. I, I throw forty bucks. <laughs> you I would know throw what? Forty bucks at a concert. I'll make you. I'll make you a Shammers. Yes. Uh, a wild Shammers has appeared. <laughs> um. Uh. I I fear going to conventions a lot. Um. Because not not because of anything that's going on there, but because I'm afraid that I'm going to get sucked into it. It's so easy for me to be like, yes, these are my people and just lose myself in it that I almost have to go like, no, I can never engage in this because I I will not, I won't come We're going to have you in a Naruto outfit (laughs) before you know it or some like Goku hair. I'm telling you, hey man. The cosplay is, cosplay is part of the best part. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you can, um, my favorite anime uh, of all time is Ranma One Half, um, but one of the best animes I've ever seen is called Three by Three Eyes. If you, if anybody can find that for me, I cannot find it. If anybody can find that for me, I will, uh, I will, I will send you money because it's. Uh, I still to this day, even though I've gotten out of the anime game, it's still one of those things where, whether it's on Hulu or Netflix or anything, if it's an if it's an anime title on top, I go. Do you have Three by Three Eyes? No, you don't. All right, I'm done. Okay. But um, you know, so if you you know, and it may be crap at this point. You may go back <laughs> and find it, and you go, well, "What the hell was Brett talking about?" Okay, so I've got I've got the album queued up here. So what do you suggest? That, I want I want to hear just a few things. Uh, yeah. Do you think we start at the top? I just um, want to get an example of what what it is that we're actually talking about here. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so a couple of the songs are actually about like spinoff games from, from the original red and blue. So mm-hmm. it's all about the 150. That's, that's the important thing. Great. It's all about the originals. You're in my wheelhouse. Uh, so one of the games that sort of shot off from that was, um, uh, Pokemon snap. Do you mm-hmm. remember Pokemon snap for the N64? Yes. It was so good. Yeah. And it still holds up like <laughs> okay. that. that Few N64 games really hold up that well. This one particularly does. And for any listener that hasn't played Pokemon snap, go grab an N64 and play it because all you do is you go to an island, you have a camera, and you take pictures of wild Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And like based on the angle, it's like it's like Instagram, the video game. Right. Based on the angle and the lighting that you took the picture, it is then rated, and you get points for, for your photographs, and then you go on to the next level. And so one level, you're driving around a volcano, and the next one, you're driving around a beach, and the next one, you're driving around, uh, uh, you're underwater, or you're down in caves, or whatever, right. taking pictures of these foreign creatures. So that game was so cool. Yeah. I was like, this has to have its own track. Mm-hmm. So that guy, Shinobi, I told you about, the whole reason I moved to Orlando was to... to to, to make music with him uh he is on this track with me it's called all snap pokemon snap all right let's listen to some of it Original to Shinobi. You think Picasso was fine art? I'm the boss, throwing food, snapping nudes of a dude from a mine cart. 
Hey Pikachu, let me take a peek at you. I'll take it to develop, that'll take a week or two. You playing peekaboo, I'll throw this thing at you. If you're really shot a shot, my jigglypuff will sing to you. Go back to the lab and develop it. My stacks are confab wrapped in the cellophane. You don't approve of my red room process. It's a game where snapping you is harder than the Loch Ness. You a lame name rapper like a soldier boy. Boy, I'm the famed ass catch, I'm snapping Polaroids. Snap, snap, snap it, girl. Uh, 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 snap, Pokemon snap. Take a step back, don't forget your lens cap. Snap, 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 snap. It's a Polaroid ride, shake it just like that. Aw, snap, Pokemon snap. Take a step back, don't forget your lens cap. Snap, 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 snap. It's a Polaroid ride, shake it just like that. Welcome back. It's oak on the track, gonna get your deck wrecked. 21 sun blackjack, wouldn't you like that? Saplings and lilacs, overseas trees making G's and a flyback. Okay. I'm up in the lab writing my thesis, at least don't believe this. Pokemon genius, the Pokemon report is paying dead presidents to anyone who wants to sell them photographic evidence. Super villain tricking little children into killing millions. Focusing on real estate that's valued in the billions. This one's nice, what? but this one sucks. Yeah. I'm a man past my prime, don't waste my time, son. Snap, snap, snap it, girl. Great. I love it. So uh, something that keeps kind of coming up uh, to me, at least mentally, so I'll just say it out loud, is that there is there is sort of a dichotomy of the two worlds where it's like you've got the hip hop world, which is, uh, you know, traditionally sort of filled with a lot of uh, sexual imagery and alcohol and this party sort of vibe and let's go back to the club or let's go back to the room and then and then you know uh, to set it up against like this sort of like nerd thing like it's almost it's very tongue-in-cheek almost where it's just you know like you said before you're like yeah nerds know how to party and it's like yeah land party <laughs> you know it's the same language but is it is it the same but I but I assume that it gets kind of freaky. Yeah, I mean, it's an art form, just like any other. And and rap as an art form and that whole self-expression. The, the name of the game, and I've talked to Mega Ran about this. I've talked to Dual Core about this. I've talked to all the big guys. It's authenticity. And if you're authentically sharing your experience, no matter what the medium is, if you're a country music singer or a rock star or a nerdcore rapper, yeah. if you're authentically sharing your experience, then what you're doing will, will not be looked at as a caricature, right. if that makes sense. Right. So while hip-hop is... You know, it started in the 70s in New York and it had like break dancing and, and the breaks and then it has evolved into like 90s gangster rap and then into the 2000s with lots of autotune and that's a very, very, very reductive way of looking at hip hop but it has evolved over time. Right. But the, but the, the, key to good hip hop through time has been authentic life experience. Sure. Whether that life experience was dodging bullets in Detroit or, uh, in my case, really loving the Pokemon. Right. And the, they, they are two bookends of, of the same story. Right. In that, you know, they are very different life experiences, but the art form through which we tell it, which is, you know, words over beats, mm -hmm. um, remains the same. And as, as long as you say it authentically. I, and the only pro the only time it gets problematic, I think, is when he says, oh, I'm like when they like really lean into the nerd thing almost as like a caricature of a nerd. Right. So like we can smell it in the water. Yeah. Like and, and that's not to sound like elitist because this is like such a backwards way of being elitist. But when a nerdcore guy comes in and says like, hey, I'm, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm MC Calculator. I'm here to say. And right. it's like, 
I, I know you played football. I know you played varsity football. Right. I know you did. Right. And right now, you're being MC Calculator because it's convenient and funny to, yeah. to be that. You're playing a character. Yeah, you're playing a character. Yeah. I don't think it's elitist. I think it's absolutely true of, of, of a lot of art forms. It's just something that over time, humans have evolved the ability to kind of like sniff out, you know, because it's if, you know, if you if you can't sniff out the, the person who's trying to deceive you, then you know, traditionally you're sort of in trouble, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, we both do improv and stuff, but you can tell when somebody's just like not being authentic in it. And it just, for some reason, even though you may not be able to tell exactly why you're not enjoying it, but it's the same with movies or TV or acting or anything like that. You just go, this guy doesn't mean it, <laughs> you know? And I'm, and in this, it's like, it is because they're, like you said, you have to be, you have to come correct because they're so especially in the nerd community it is so detail oriented and so <laughs> just like you better get everything right you know yeah. what i mean and which so, is why with pokemon i was like this is I, I feel not infallible but i feel completely authentic and i can throw my weight around if right. somebody comes up to me comes up to me after a show and says like hey did you, you did you ever have like the game boy trade cable and did you ever do this or that or whatever yeah. like yeah I'd be yeah like, and there's nothing that you can say to me that's going to throw me off my game exa- there's a reason for everything that i say in exactly this. exactly yeah. i didn't make this up i didn't invent this experience right for, for like this is this is real yeah in 1999 my mom took me to Cincinnati to, at the time, Pokemon was just blowing up in the United States. I think it came out in like 97 or 98. Yeah. And then 99, uh, I went to Cincinnati because there was a tour going around. It was like the Pokemon National Tour. Mm-hmm. And you could bring your cartridge, like your Game Boy, bring your Game Boy with your red or blue version. And you could battle other kids from around the country. Oh, wow. And they had like little tournaments. And then they had a preview for Pokemon Stadium where you could see it before the game actually hit the shelves. Like Nintendo representatives were there and they were showing these new 3D you know, games they were creating for the N64. Yeah. And on the way out, you could hand them your cartridge. They would put it in a machine and you would get Mew number 151. Oh, snap. And that was how, yeah, that was how you got that Pokemon. Right. Now, later, people have discovered glitches or whatever on how to get that Pokemon. Right. But I have badges from that tour. That's awesome. And to me, that, like, those little bat like, you got, like, the water badge and the boulder badge, which are things that are inside the Pokemon game. But those things from my childhood are kind of what I pull out for, like, that, like, real deep dive nerd authenticity check. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To show that you were there. Yeah, exactly. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you will be asked. You there? We're talking about nerdcore. We're talking about hip hop fans. Like people will come up to you and they'll challenge you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know. But like you said, it's like glitches were found later. You know, those badges can be found in other games. But it's like if you know that those <laughs> used to be things that you couldn't get and that you had to like get your mom to drive you to a building and or you know what I mean. Yeah. And you can throw that down. That that makes people go like, oh, he's legit. Right. It's you. It's you pulling out a Captain America first edition. You know. Uh, um, still in its dust cover comic book. And you're saying like, this is real. Right. Ask me if this is real. Cause I'll tell you the story. <laughs> right. I know that this is real. Right. And if you own first edition comic books, you're probably already that guy that asks other people if it's real. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so, uh, do you remember, I was just trying to think of my, uh, character's name. Cause I never named my video game characters after myself. Did you, 
Do you remember the name that you entered? Oh, I think it's Sam. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep it as red or blue, depending on which, you know, that's like the default, I think. Or yeah. you can name him Ash, I think. Yeah. But, uh, but I, think I always took from, from The Legend of Zelda. That was my jam. It was Legend of Zelda games. Yeah. Um, and, and there was always... Did you call your guy Link? There was no? always the rumor that if you named him Link, then you would get something like special. Uh-huh. And so I think it was true for maybe one game, and so, but I just, I always just kept that through. But for Pokemon, I named my guy Fire and Ice. So were there spaces between there, fire it, and ice? I think it was one. It may have had to have been one just, word. Just fire. But his name was like fire, and then his middle initial was N, and, and then it was then ice. ice. And, so it kind of uh, looked like fire nice. Yeah, and I thought it was cool. And then I hit like okay, and then I was like, oh, this is not cool. I wish I could name him anything else. And I kind of had to keep it. Um, <laughs> That's a great first name. Also, I, I didn't realize you were a Zelda fan. It's yeah. one of my favorite things. Oh, really? Yeah. Ocarina of Time was the other album, then Palette to Plateau, that I, Ocarina of Rhyme was the other one that I was throwing around of like, I want to make this thing. We, uh, we still should. <laughs> we still should. That'd be sick. It's the perfect game. It's, I love it so much. Ocarina of Time? Yes. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. And not just because it was like the first one that came along where you were just like, what is this? Yeah. You're taking advantage of all of the technology right now. But it's like, it's legit, it's ge- good. legitimately now, a good game. Are you more of a Majora's Mask guy? No, I'm not. I, um, I always felt like Majora's Mask was kind of a pale imitation of Ocarina of Time. I just always felt like it was like, and, and there are fundamental differences, but I, I just always kind of was like, oh, you're just trying to recapture magic the magic yeah and it really was and like you just i mean i still like i'm playing um breath of the wild right now and it's yeah. still like i still have to have an opponent you know like yeah. it's just like i just you got to harken back to all of those things because it's just uh god it was so good uh, it was so good dear I, I wonder if whoever's listening is like all right we're great two nerds talking about video games this is the podcast you know what if they're in it this far then they're they're nodding their heads along with us <laughs> <laughs> they're going uh here's a controversial thing uh my the first game and therefore the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart as far as the zelda series is uh link's awakening um for oh, the yes yeah the ballad of the Windfish. great is beautiful great that almost i think that when i was a kid and i finally beat that game it brought tears to my eyes oh it's beautiful like here and and the whole story yeah spoiler alert it's all a dream. It's all a dream. It's so good. It doesn't fit into the timeline at all. No, uh, yeah, he's just on a boat somewhere. I, yeah. Recently, I think it was last year or the year before, they released like the like the Nintendo official Zelda timeline. Did you get to take a gander at that? It's sitting on my okay. shelf right now, baby. <laughs> of course it is. Of There's course. three timelines. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it fits in there somewhere where he's just on a boat trip, has an accident, and then... And then has yeah, they're dream. like, yeah, Link is in the middle of two games, and he falls asleep on a boat, and he dreams this game, and <sighs> then he wakes up, and he goes on to another adventure. Um. Anyway. But it's, uh, it's so good. So trying to bring, trying to segue back to this. Yeah. Video game music is often the muse of good nerdcore. Samples of video game music and then some beats laid on top of it. That's what makes for good stuff. Right. So that Ballad of the Windfish from Link's Awakening is a perfect track to make yeah. uh, a, a nerdcore. Well, album. and it hooks it it hooks into that piece of your brain that that isn't doesn't want to learn something new, but it's just like it's comfortable. I'm sure when you if you know if I was listening to something and I heard like dun, 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 I'd be like. Okay, I'm already on board with this. I'm on with I don't this. care what you do after this. I'm like, in it. And drop whatever esoteric reference you want. I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, like, exactly. You're going to talk about rupees and, and it's like, I'm going to pick up all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you, you know, I know I said safe before, but um, it just it just makes you feel part of a larger community. Yeah. And I think that's really cool, especially in something that isn't isn't generally 
celebrated unless Hollywood's making major motion pictures about it. Right, right. And if it's coupled with authentic nostalgia from your experience, that's that like warm, feel-good, butterfly feeling. Yeah. Like when I heard... Uh, I've heard some other covers of Zelda themes and they have like, um, you know, when you walk into the fairy cave, I don't know if I'm calling that right, mm-hmm. but you walk in the fairies there and she's like, ah, and then they're like, yep. ding, 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 that like piano sound or yeah. on the harp or whatever. I love that sound. And it made me think of being 12 and like sitting at the foot of my bed with my N64 controller playing through Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And then there was a rap, there was a rap song happening over the top of it, but I I was immediately sold on it. I was like, I love this. I love this song so much. Yeah. It's transporting me back in time to this beautiful, nostalgic, oddly sad feeling of like, I miss miss that. Well, and, and, and to kind of go back to what you were saying before though, about authenticity is that like, there is an ownership to it. That if somebody were to come along with like a, a Zelda anything and it just, it, it had a whiff of inauthenticity, it would just, it would almost be, uh, it would almost be a slap in the face yeah. to those of us who engaged in it and, 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 and identified with it and loved it so much. And then to have somebody come in and just be like, yeah, I love Zelda when he's running around, you know, and you're just like, his name is Link, get out of yeah, here. Exactly. I'm going to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, so uh, so I want to move forward because we got a really cool toy in front of us. So I want to know about this. So um, so you so you do all of these things, and then and then I don't want to like necessarily skip over a whole history that I'm sure you have, but um, sort of where where you enter my picture is like with Free Daps mm-hmm. and with those guys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, sort of through Sat Comedy Lab doing improv. So so how do you get involved with them? And is there, because th- those guys are more, or you guys are sort of more freestyle, mm-hmm. like you said, off the cuff stuff. Is there freestyle nerdcore? Uh Finding nerdcore artists that also freestyle has mm-hmm. been my life's mission. Okay. <laughs> and there are maybe five. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I imagine it's not easy. It's not easy. It's hard to find freestylers in general. Yeah. Um, we are lucky to live in Orlando where there's, for whatever reason, a good concentration of them. Yeah. Um, but um, so it went, I was on tour uh, with a guy that taught me to freestyle. So then we started integrating into our sets. Then I became really enamored with the whole concept of improvising, which has led me to Chicago to take classes at like IO and comedy sports, mm-hmm. which is what led me to finding an improv theater when I moved down here to Orlando, but still doing the the freestyle stuff whenever I could, which has then led me to meet the guys of Free Daps, who are some of the best freestylers in the world. They're amazing. They just happen to live here in Orlando. All of you guys are amazing. And so now being surrounded by these awesome off-the-cuff freestyle guys, um, that that has I've kind of pivoted into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love nerdcore, and I still listen to it, and I consume it. And whenever my friends or these artists come out with great albums, I listen to it. But my contribution, like half of my sets at comic cons now, I'll play a few songs from Pokemon album, and then I'll freestyle. <laughs> Like, oh great! Yeah, freestyle, that's awesome. Which is really cool. One of the coolest experiences I've ever had was last year at Tampa Bay Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I said, "Hold up, whatever you got in your pockets." Now, normally when we do that, people hold up their keys and their cell phones. Right. When you are in an anime convention, oh, it's all different. It's merch. It's the weirdest merch. Right. Just really unique items. So someone pulls out, you know, the sword of time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I can go back there and I'm like, this is a sword of rhyme. This dude over here has got the sword of time. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, so if you can identify some of that stuff, then you're really, then you're endearing, like you're one in by it. one, you're endearing yourself to those fans. That's like, great. And to me, that was like, oh my gosh, my life's two loves 
have mm-hmm. just met. <laughs> like this idea of freestyling and nerdcore, like this is the best way to marry them. The better I get at freestyling, the the more I can flex this sort of nerd knowledge and then just bind everyone in the room into this experience. Sure. And so and so that has been like what has consumed me creatively for the last few years. Yeah. Um is just how do I like musically like what's the next thing for me? Cuz I, I I've I've my rapping will continually to gradually improve over time. Mhm. And my uh, my nerd knowledge will continue to gradually improve over time. But if I want to create something that's truly unique, then I want to marry those two things. And in that room in Tampa Bay, I started to to, to get a whiff of, of what that might be yeah. like. And and now with this board, with this piece of hardware you you mentioned, right in front of us is an RC five hundred five loop station. Okay. Um, it's by uh, Boss, and it's a it just it just it's a, it's a black piece of hardware it's like a foot long and it's got five little buttons on it and each of those buttons you can create a sample and beatboxers use this to create um, loops of themselves mm-hmm. so i've been beatboxing for a long time so beatboxing could be really boring like this so no, oh, so boring so boring right now imagine if you loop that yeah now, i'm going to see if uh I'll tell you what. We'll just do it like this. All right. You can still hear me? Yep. We're right. switching we're switching mics. Yeah, we're switching microphones. Here okay. All right. So if we can just loop that sound, mm-hmm. then we've got like a basis for our track. Right. So you don't have to keep beatboxing. Right. I don't have to keep beatboxing. I'll let the machine do it for me. Yeah. Now, I actually have the machine in what's called one-shot mode right now because I, I, I thought I'm going to go do this podcast with Brett. I want to do something fun and mm-hmm. unique that I think that you'll get a kick out of. Yeah. So we discovered already your, your crappy version of beatboxing is way more impressive than oh, anything that I could do. Well, so you I'm don't all, have to beatbox. I'm in. So th- that's the beauty of this machine is you don't have to beatbox to really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so what I want to do is there's a function on here. Uh, so this is called one shots where when you say something, uh, we can, we can just play it over and over again. For example, if I do the rap horn, I go, so that's the rap horn. Now it's recorded. I can go. (laughs) Great. Right. Yep. So, (laughs) so, and that's how that sound gets made. That's how the sound gets made. (laughs) All right. So now there's a function on here where you can, where it'll take what you did in reverse. So if I want to hear that in reverse, here's what it sounds like forward. Here's what it sounds like in reverse. So, wow. So uh, if I were to say like, uh, uh, what's what's the name of the podcast? I don't want to. Actually, you say it into the microphone. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you hold the microphone while it is. So I'll, I'll hit the button and I'll yep. just say three, two, one, and you say it. Okay? okay. Three, two, one. What am I missing? What am I missing? All right. All right. So that's that's uh, what am I missing forward? Now, if we want to hear what am I missing backwards, I'm just going to click this reverse button and then go. What am I missing? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> We're missing the reverse button. Here we go. Yes, same member. Ooh. <laughs> right, right? That's now, some Beatles White Album now, stuff. Exactly. Now imagine sampling that. Yes, same member. Yes, same member. Yes, same member. Like you could mix that into a song. It'd be pretty cool. Yep. So the challenge that the Free Daps guys, we just got back from a tour in Texas. We we're playing all sorts of community college. FreeDaps.com, by the way, if anybody wants some freestyle goodness in their community college or library or wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we started playing with this board and saying, can we best the machine by guessing what a word sounds like backwards before before we say it forwards? Okay. In other words, so like if for a simple example, if I wanted to to, I want the machine to say Sam, in but I want it but I want to say it backwards so that the machine says Sam. Right. So you think like mass. Mass. Right. Yeah. 
But the problem is with human speech, it's not that simple. You can't just read it phonetically backwards as you do forward. Like the way that speech, you know, it's just different. So Sam mass, like you mm. kind of, you kind of have to reverse it like that. So I'm going right. to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try, okay. I'm going to try Sam and see if I can uh, get there. Mass Sam. <laughs> there we go. So, um, so now we try to go harder from there. Uh, let's see. Brett. Yeah. D- try Brett. Brett. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to hand you the microphone. And we'll <laughs> see. Brett. That's impossible. So yeah. All right. Ready when you are. Yep. Terrible. <laughs> he always sounds a little bit Swedish. <laughs> so let me try it again. Brett. Treb. Like you kind of, you kind of go back up the slope. Yep. Terb. <laughs> Where are my T's going? <laughs> T's are the hardest. T's are so hard. All right. So let's see if you can do your full name. So is it Walden? Yeah. So if, uh, uh, let's see. Wal, law, dun, nud, law, chair. Okay. All right. You're going to try it? Yep. Nud, law, chair. Brace, Walden. That's, that's wild. That's it. All right, now you show me how it's done. Oh um, no, I mean that, that's as that's that's as good as it's gonna get. That's as good as it's gonna get. I mean, okay. we, we could play a beat under that, uh, but uh, yeah, that that th- that's the game. Right now, imagine we go to a community college and uh, let's say you know, for simplicity's sake, let's say we're staying, we're playing at uh, Penn State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go, we go out there in front of all these students for Penn State. Penn State. Now I'm thinking of how to do it backwards. Penn State. Tets, nev, pen, nep. So, tets, nep. Here we go. Tets, nep, tets. No, <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> gotta back that up. All right, here we go. Pen, slash, nip. How are you students here at your fine university known as Pen, slash, nip? God, it sounds like a ghost recording or something. I'm your host. Bryce Walden. <laughs> yeah, Bryce Walden. <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, curse words are actually really fun to put uh-huh. in there too. Yeah, uh-huh. as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> chib. Oh, sh- chib. 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 <laughs> That's so wild. I feel like we're saying C-H and yet it comes out like S. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what, uh, okay. <laughs> so then you can like mix all these together and you can sort of start doing something with yes. it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can you can put them in, into beats. I, I I suppose I can do something more entertaining than what I'm currently doing and, and make like... I'm entertained as hell. <laughs> all right. I'm going to try to build a beat here. Okay. We'll see uh, if this, if this uh, works. All right, now we're cooking. What am I missing? What what am I missing? What am I missing? What what am I missing? What am I missing? What what am I missing? What am I missing? What what am I missing? What am I missing? What what am I missing? What am I missing? What what am I missing? What am I missing? What what am I missing? 
Barrett Walden. All right, Barrett Brett Walden. That's a little demo of this thing. Sick. Just, that was great. Just scratching the surface of what this machine is capable of. Yeah. You know, there are videos online of uh, there's a Swiss beatbox tournament that happens every year in mm-hmm. uh, Switzerland. I want to go. Yeah. In the next two years, my goal is to get proficient enough at this machine that I can roll with some of the best and create tracks. And so these guys go and they have a tournament. Most of them are beatboxers. So they're just one microphone, one man, just like, like just making sounds, right. incredible, incredible sounds. Right. I'm not there. I don't have the genetic predisposition of these amazing lungs and sounds in my mouth. Like I'm not there, but what I can do is have this computer help me out, leverage my nerd skills. Cause they have a different division that is loopers. Mm-hmm. So I want to get, good enough at this loop station that I can go there and make tracks um, using this loop station because you can apply different effects, different underwater effects. And you know, like uh, there's like one called like guitar to bass where you can make your voice sound like this. What am I missing? What what am I missing? <laughs> so oh. I, I want to get good enough at that that I can create some really cool stuff and uh, and try my hand at, at that on the on the world stage because right. the guys that that are masters at this could they could hold down a club for hours at a time sure. just with their mouth and this machine. Oh, of course. Not even playing top forty hits or whatever. Just invent whatever you can and manipulate it on the fly. Yeah. To me, that's as cool as any DJ scratching the hits. Oh, of course. I mean, because <laughs> you're watching it in real time. You're just watching this thing be created in front of you. And that is improv, right? I mean, does that not feel like it's the exact spirit of the art Absolutely. that we both love so much? Absolutely is. <laughs> Absolutely is. Cool. Um, so we are nearly out of time here, but I, I just, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put both of us on the spot. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't at least try, if I didn't at least try some nerdcore to see if I've learned anything. Okay. As in, as in you want to, you want to spit some nerd bars? Yeah. Okay. Do you need a beat? Yeah. Okay. Gladly. I'll just, I'll, I'll use oh, my, my red, my Nebraska red microphone here. Yeah. Go big red. All right. Well, we're talking with Sam, and you might think that all we care about is Pokemon and Link, but it goes much deeper than all that. Uh, is rhymes of fat? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a faker. Yeah, I even played me some Wind Waker. It happened when Link was dreaming. Yeah, and Pokemon are scheming to take my money with 150 or more. But I ain't some Walmart whore. I was 16 years old when I got into the game. Yeah, and I came up with a stupid name, Fire and Ice. <laughs> Not proud, but I'll sit on this podcast and yell it loud. Thank you, Sam Hammersley, for having the show. Uh, and I knew at the end I was going to blow it. Damn, it hey, is hard to... That was fantastic. No, it wasn't. No, it, was no, so it wasn't. It was so good. I, I will say, you're already in like the, the top percentiles of uh, freestylers. Oh, like, snap. Just, I, I think that the improv skills just, yeah. they just work. Well, it was something that I... Um, I mean, thank you for that. Um, I, don't, I don't agree, but I don't know the world as well. Um, I certainly used to do it in college, um, at, like every drunk white guy would do at parties. Um, it's the best party trick. Best party trick ever. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I will throw credit to you, uh, you know, if, if you guys want to accept it. But I will throw credit to Free Daps and, you know, you and uh, Jordan and Isaac and stuff. Um, just watching you guys sort of like manipulate words and not be so tied down to sort of like the 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 syntax and the structure of a sentence mm-hmm. but allowing yourself to just kind of go 
where it takes you. Not that that was a good example of that, but it is one of those things that that I think watching you guys being inspired by just being like, oh, it's not just a da 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 you know, but it's just like if you've got something to say, you can you can step outside the structure a little bit and you can, you know, you can have these run-ons or you can have these things. And it's just like sometimes uh, you know, the message is is more important than, you know, the actual like song that's uh that that it's that's being created. But um you know, so I, I'm sorry that I've knocked Nerdcore down a peg with my uh, I, I, does, my I, entry. Honestly, you you sound very similar to I did when I when I was on tour. Like yeah. the, I, I was just sort of there, and I had I had my cadence that I liked. You yeah, know, and this is my ca- and I also had a BPM that I liked. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to deviate from 94 BPM. Like I had my <laughs> I had my producer. I was like, keep it there because I don't go too fast and I don't right. go too slow. I'm not good enough to double time or to go into triplet flow or what. Like, right, couldn't do that stuff yet. Right, and so uh, did you just inadvertently rap there? Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I, well, I heard it on the radio today. I was like, this is still a thing. There's been a solid five years now where it's like. And now we are on the show. And like that's that's the cadence that's like still popping right now. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't have done that. I couldn't yeah. have done that back then. And uh, it's getting comfortable with the basics and then also freeing yourself of the like what what rhymes with table? Whatever. Yeah. Like I'm I want I know I want to say the word table. What rhymes with table? Right. Oh geez, Working nothing. Backwards. To, and, and, and instead just being like, who cares? As long as it sounds like ew. <laughs> like <laughs> right. no one's gonna be like, wait a minute. Yeah. You said you said faithful. Yeah. That doesn't rhyme with table. Exactly. And I would say, you know what? If you were listening to this track later, I'd be like, Yeah, you know, this podcast is faithful. We just did it across from the table. And they'd be like yeah, okay, that rhymes. Yeah, I'll that, go with that. that. Does, yeah. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Um, thank you for your kind words. And thank you so much for coming out and uh, and talking to me about this. It's, it's like I said, I knew nothing about it coming in. Um, and I am uh, so much more uh, not only informed, but but interested in going out and sort of checking out some of these artists that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I will send you some nerdcore about Zelda. And oh. stuff that I think is authentically good. Great. Yeah. I would love that. Um, yeah. So uh, so I, I end every podcast just by saying or asking the question, is there anything that you sort of wish that I would have asked about that we didn't get a chance to talk about or something about uh, you or a fun fact about Nerdcore itself that, that you think listeners might be interested in? Oh, man. Um, I, I would just say that if you get the chance to listen to either uh, Mega Ran, YT Cracker, or Dual Core they are all wonderful samplings of uh, Nerdcore's finest. Right. And so, it, you know, just pop them in your Spotify, see if it's for you, um, and, and give it a shot, because you, you never know what you get. And, and Dr. Awkward, the other guy that was on the tour with me. Like, right. Uh, any of these guys, that, we're all on all the music services, Spotify, YouTube, et cetera. Um, pop them in, see if you like it, because you may really find your niche. In fact, you just, uh, you've done, or will be doing an episode on wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, episode one. Yeah, so Mega Ran has, uh, and I sent Mike, who was, was your your guest for that episode uh this copy of uh a wrestling themed album he oh. did one track per uh wrestler that he liked and it was like five and then he did another one it was five more wrestlers awesome so it's great it's fantastic and I, and he I, just just like nerdcore hip-hop wrestling is one of those things where you could pretty much smell out you could sniff out the authentic from the non-authentic absolutely uh, mega ran is very authentically a wrestling fan so much so that he was on the wrestling ring recently with uh I don't know my wrestling, but he was out there with one of the groups, uh, and, and like on in the ring with them, uh, 
as part of the, their posse because he kept making these tracks about them and they loved it so much. Oh, very cool. So, um, uh, to any of your wrestling crossover fans, look yeah. up, uh, mega Rand's uh, wrestling stuff. Excellent. And make sure you check out shammers, um, not to be left off the list. And of course, free daps. If you live in the Orlando area or you're going to be visiting, you know, make sure you check them out at Disney, um, or anywhere else. If you get, you guys, we travel all and you travel country. all over the world. That's right. Uh, cool. Well, uh, thank you, Shammers. Uh, thank you, Mister. What am I missing? Oh wait, wait. Uh, I, th- I, th- I still had your sample of you saying your name backwards. No, Bryce Walden. <laughs> it was Bryce Walden. Bryce Walden. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're out of here. Uh, thank you, Sam. Peace. What am I missing? Is edited, produced, and hosted by me, Bryce Walden, with original music by Anthony Smith. Special thanks to Sam Hammersley, a.k.a. Shammers, if for nothing else, telling me after we finished that my rapping skills had promise. Hmm. If you would like to know more about this show or upcoming episodes, more information can be found at www.brettwalden.com slash W-A-I-M. If you have any questions, comments, or curses about anything you heard today, we have a community for that. Go to facebook.com slash whatamimissingpod and let your voice be heard. Please make sure to rate us on whatever app you choose to listen to podcasts on, and why don't you go ahead and tell your friend about the show as well. Thanks. Now here's a preview of next week's episode. You know, some of the acting is interesting and some of it isn't, but David Lynch is more about mood and faces and looks. And uh, I mentioned Killer Bob earlier. And literally the only reason that character occurred is that a gentleman on the crew ended up in a shot over uh, the... The grieving mother was having a scene and he ended up in a mirror that was in the shot. And... They looked at the dailies and they were like, oh, David, I'm sorry, Frank was in the shot. And he was like, no, keep it. Thanks for listening. Did I pick the Molasaur, the leafy green beast, raise some Achilles, Ivy Vine, whipping down tall trees?